This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. And boy, it's been a busy week of writing, which for me is usually fun. I, I enjoy writing as part of my job. But man, we've had a lot of correspondence via the written word this week. We get players, parents writing to the Big Ten and to University of Illinois President Timothy Colleen and to University of Illinois Chancellor Robert Jones. You get Kevin Warren penning a long statement after a lot of criticism over the last week, kind of reiterating and expanding on why the Big Ten made the decision to postpone fall sports. And we've got reaction to all of that of Illinois' parents, uh, the parents of Illinois football players, and what they were asking for from the Big Ten. Also, Kevin Warren's statement wasn't received very well, but there are details in it, more details, that I think a lot of people glossed over, as well as continued no words from Robert Jones, the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign Chancellor, about uh, the decision that was made, even though he was in the room and was scheduled to chat with us. We'll dive into all of that today, as well as what's next for the Big Ten, both for football season and for basketball season. Had a great conversation with Gavin Good, Illini Inquirer, and Gatehouse News Service. We'll break down all of this week's news in the Big Ten coming up next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast here with Gavin Good now. And Gavin, we've had a busy week of written correspondence here uh, for us writers. I guess it's good to see the power of the pen or the keyboard and, and not just in tweets here. Yeah, interesting times. Everybody's sending strongly worded letters, um, letters explaining and responding to those strongly worded letters. It's a, it's a time of the power of the pen, as you said. Yeah, uh, there are three things I want to break down. Um, with you, Gavin. And, and before we jump into kind of what's next with winter or spring or what that could look like, uh, but first, the letter Illinois players drafted, um, Commissioner Warren's new statement, and then 
the response or lack thereof from Chancellor Robert Jones, who is kind of in the Big Ten's decision room. But first, as we reported at Illini Inquirer, a group of Illini parents drafted a letter asking for more transparency from the Big Ten and from Illinois. Uh, and here's a quote uh, from Doug Kramer Sr., the father of Doug Kramer, the four-year starting center um, who's a team leader, a team captain for Illinois, and a hopeful NFL draft prospect. And uh, I thought, you know, Doug, when I talked with him, uh, Kramer Sr., was was pretty reasonable. And here's what he said. We just want to know what they know. We're 100% behind Josh Whitman, Coach Lovey Smith, and the program to do the right thing. But we just kind of felt like this was dropped on us at the last minute. They might have information that we need to know and should know, and we want them to share that with us. Then maybe after we get that information, we agree with their decision. But I feel like there's too much at stake for these kids and their futures, whether they go on to play in the NFL or not. That's not the main focus. It's just the chance to play with all the hard work that all of them put in from the walk-on to the star. I just think it's disappointing the way it came about, especially after the schedule was released and everyone gets their hopes up. And then at the final hour, it's like it's over. It's just disappointing, and it makes you just kind of uh, want to know how that decision was made, the leadership. Basically, we just want to know how it came about. Gavin, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's very fair, you know, and I think that obviously obviously they want to play football and they're disappointed that the decision didn't go their way. But I think that, you know, Doug Kramer Sr. is absolutely right in – you know, saying that shouldn't we know what you know and isn't there a higher standard of transparency here that we can all abide by than, you know, basically what has happened um, since the Big Ten's decision in the, in the fallout from that um, and, and the lack of thorough explanations. And obviously, as you said, Kevin Warren, you know, put out a letter of his own, which, you know, definitely sort of, it, it definitely addresses some of the things that, parents and players are concerned about but it's just almost a little bit like it's too late for that (laughs) to to save all that face at least so maybe it saves a little bit but I think I think that the Illinois parents um I thought they put together a respectable letter and um I'm not sure how it compared to um like the Penn State and Iowa letters but I thought it it holds up nicely um and and represents them fairly well and, and respectfully while also you know kind of demanding you know, we need more information from you. And, and I thought that something, I thought that maybe the, the best point they brought up was that more information needs to be shared with them and players before they stay on campus and practice for 20 hours a week or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they were very reasonable. They weren't demanding, hey, we need to play and we will protest at Big Ten headquarters until you allow us to play. Uh, I just think I think everyone understands. Most people understand that this is a very tough decision. And yeah. that health and safety. I mean, they're losing tens of millions of dollars, these programs uh, to do this. Um, but I, I think they just want to be part of the conversation. That That's what I've gotten is, hey, you say you're concerned about us. Well, how about you listen to us or feel like we are listened to? And the the feeling I got from all of this, Gavin, is the rollout of this, um, the response from the Big Ten from this is that they felt like people wouldn't understand or that they weren't smart enough to understand the decision. I think these players 
and, and families and fans feel like they're being talked down to a little bit or that they can't possibly comprehend this. Listen, this is not a popular decision, and it would never be a popular decision. And it's only going to be a popular decision if the SEC, the, the ACC, and the Big 12 go along with them in a few weeks because it, it just doesn't work. Like, they can't pull off seasons. So in the end, maybe Kevin Warren and the Big Ten look good because of that. But the way you rolled it out but the way, but the way uh, you did not work out for them. It just did not work yeah, out. Yeah, the rollout will never look good. No matter what happens, the rollout will never good. It will will never look good. And people will remember that because, you know, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I think the Big Ten is thinks fans are stupid. I don't think that they think that. But I, I do see why some fans would feel that they're being disrespected and talked down to because the initial announcement didn't really explain everything. It basically just said, you know, our medical experts are telling us there's too much uncertainty. There's too many things that we're not sure about. And there were like allusions made to inadequate uh, contact tracing. And of course, uh, the rising cases throughout the country um, and in, you know, big 10 states, some, some of them. But I absolutely understand why this has been received the way it is because one of these people want to play football Every, everybody wants football to happen like if we want football to happen players want football to happen lovey smith wants football to happen josh whitman wants football to happen believe it or not even robert jones wants football to happen even though um we've basically confirmed at this point that he voted for it not to happen or, or said i as illinois representative think that the, that this should not happen um but yeah you know it's it's a it's a tough tough decision to take in the way it came for these players, especially who were preparing for Ohio state. And, you know, everyone across the big town is preparing for whoever uh, six days before this. And then boom, season's gone. Yeah. Um, bad explanation, bad rollout. And then Kevin Warren, you know, kind of appears to be, you know, not answering questions. He, you know, it, it was Mike Hall on that interview, right. With BTN. It was Dave. Mike Hall asked Dave some Re- questions or Dave Revson. Sorry. Sorry, Dave Revson. Um, he asked some questions, gave him a chance to really go into more detail and he kind of, you know, chooses not to. And then he does this interview with uh, sports business journal. Right. And, you know, he didn't get much more out of him there. And then, you know, Robert Jones hasn't been very forthcoming with us either. So, yeah. And I think one thing that the players, you know, I've heard this from parents both on and off the record is they are frustrated that Kevin Warren's son powers, who's a wide receiver at Mississippi State, is playing, right? That Robert Jones and his family decided they feel safe enough to play or that Powers made his own decision while they were not allowed that, right? These players feel like, hey, we opted in, right? We had the chance to opt out like Rayvon Bonner, and he decided I'm not going to, and he's got his scholarship. We want to have that chance to opt in like your son did. And really, he hasn't had a good answer for that because he made the decision for thousands of student athletes when he didn't make the decision for his son. That is the same thing. And that's 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 an inconsistency. It looks hypocritical, even if he's just like, hey, that's my son's decision. Well, you didn't allow other sons or daughters to make that decision. Right. So that is a huge sticking point, I can tell you. And while he gave an answer on that in some interviews yesterday, people are not satisfied with it because it's inconsistent. Yeah, that that's a tough one because I don't I don't know. If I'm a parent, I'm letting my son make their own decision whether they want to play or not. But if also I'm probably not 
I don't know. I'm probably not pushing my kids to play football in general at this point with all the concussion knowledge we have now. But um, anyway, I don't know. That's a, that is a sticking point. It's kind of a gotcha that Kevin yep. Warren can't really avoid at this point uh, unless his son opted out or unless the SEC followed the Big Ten, which they obviously hadn't, and it seems like they're not going to. Um, so Kevin Warren can't really get himself out of that sticky point. And I, I think that it, 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 it looks awful for Kevin Warren yeah. um, that his son is going to be playing at Mississippi state. Um, and I don't know too much about Mississippi state, but I think of the South and some of these States that are having, you know, their cases are surging still a little bit more, you know, it seems like it's much less safe to play there than specifically at Illinois or some of the other big 10 institutions like Michigan state, or, you know, some of these places that have, really, you know, robust testing systems and have, you know, been preparing to go forward in a, in a really uh, safe way or as safe as possible. It's just, I don't know. I don't think I have an answer that is definitely going to uh, work for Kevin Warren. There. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think that's just one he's not going to be able to sell. Um, it's just an inconsistency there. Uh, and and mm-hmm. while I, there's a list of issues that, that he brought up and I think are, are real, I think a lot of parents, rightfully so, we've talked about Illinois' testing and the recent FDA approval of their rapid saliva testing. So Illini fans, I know it took two days or whatever after Yale, but you're getting your shine now uh, for that. And it's great. And, and Illinois is taking advantage of that. And it feels like they had a system in place, Gavin, where they could get this done. And the parents with Whitman and Lovey and everybody and Randy Ballard and, uh, you know, the, the entire crew there at Illinois, they felt like the system was in place, that they were safer in Illinois football's program than anywhere. But then you have students coming on campus, right? And I, th- I know that was a huge, uh, huge issue. We're seeing it at North Carolina. We're seeing it at, at Notre Dame, campuses across the country where these football programs are shutting down for a day or two because there's rises uh, on campus. So uh, I do think Illinois football in its bubble has done a really, really good job of that. And that's where the parents are like, hey, we can do this. If, if the other Big Ten programs can do this, why don't we have an opportunity to play, especially when the ACC, SEC, impact, and uh, Big 12 are doing it? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, students returning to campus is the ultimate confounding factor because it basically, you have to throw out all the data you've gathered so far because it's just nothing compares to training on a campus all summer without students on it to 40 to 50,000 students all returning to a few square miles of space. Some of those, a fourth of those students are freshmen who have never been away from their parents. Some of them are getting packed like sardines into dorms like I lived in my freshman year, Taft Van Doren. And it's like, you know, if you're Kevin Warren, if you're Robert Jones, you know, you see your campuses every year. You know what happens. Um, And I think that they kind of have banked on spread happening when when students get back you know it's kind of grim because we don't know how bad it's going to be but they've basically determined that they these students you know if players have to go to class you got to sit in class with all these students you know you could make the smartest decisions all the other times you could never go out you could just be around your teammates only go to practice you get tested every day but if a bunch of if a bunch of students are, are getting it in class and then giving it to everybody then I think that's a problem. And, and, you know, maybe Illinois, uh, maybe Illinois here is, is the outlier in the big tech. Maybe Illinois testing system was going to work because it's going to keep those students out of class who do get sick, who do go to a party or a bar or whatever 
or who just happen to get coronavirus um, and expose others, you know, maybe they know, maybe they know not to go to class in time and, and maybe that works. But I think that, you know, for Kevin Warren's standpoint, not everybody's Illinois. Right. And I think that that's the problem. Maybe if everybody was Illinois, they could have gone forward. Well, and to, to skip ahead of here to, to Robert Jones, who was scheduled to be on the Zoom call last week with Josh Whitman and Lovey Smith to discuss the decision because he was the decision maker. And, and as I wrote in my column, he left Josh Whitman to answer for a decision he didn't make. And, you know, Kevin kept saying, or uh, Josh kept saying, well, you'd have to ask people who were in the room. And we're like, oh, we'd love that opportunity. And Robert Jones was supposed to be on about 15 minutes before. He canceled. He said changing travel plans. Well, apparently he's been traveling and will be for a long time because I've asked for him this week. I know Shannon Ryan, Brett Barons, others have asked for him. And uh, Robin Kaler, who got back to me, um, said that uh, Kevin Warren's going to speak for the Big Ten, even though it seemed like Robert Jones was ready to speak. um, And maybe he could ask answer questions about what was the vote, what changed uh, over the the days. Uh, but one of my biggest questions is why do you feel comfortable having students on your campus uh, and not allowing your student athletes to compete and do what they do, which is be a student and compete in, in this. And, and for those people in the community who are like, Hey, this is, you know, student athletes could put our community at risk. Well, I think student athletes have a lot more, I guess um, they have, they have a lot more reason and motivation to not get COVID-19 than others. Because a a normal student, say like yourself, Gavin, if you get it and you're you're healthy, but you test positive, you're just in quarantine for two weeks, right? Which still sucks, but I don't lose a football season. Right. You could ruin your entire team's football season. You could ruin Josh and Matt Torbebe's NFL prospects, right? You you could affect all of that. And you are tested more often, right? So I, I just feel like they are more motivated. So I feel like they are less of a risk to the community in Champaign-Urbana than the average student just coming down there that goes to Walmart or whatever, or goes to a restaurant yeah. or a bar. Um, so I, I feel like... I think yeah, segment of thought does... Sorry to cut you off. I think that segment of thought partly does come from the idea of the travel involved with student athletes, though, that that fear of, of yep. the of the CU community, because, you know, it's not necessarily just like, oh, these guys are getting tested all the time. It's about the teams flying in that they're then exposed to and then them going to classes and everything. But I think you're right overall, you know, that which is it's a very simple and obvious point. A normal student definitely poses a higher risk to the community than a student athlete in Illinois. And that's just, that's just true because, you know, student athletes in general, even in a non-pandemic setting, um, tend to make more responsible decisions um, than, you know, some of my uh, fellow student peers, and we'll put it that way. But um, absolutely, you know, it's, it's just tough because, you know, it really does, they've done all this preparation of one wrong choice by me could blow Josh Emator Bebe's NFL chances. Like guys have been telling themselves that they've, they've completely changed their lives around. Um, and, and the way that all of it has been scrapped is, has been tough. That's the other part of the, of the players and the parents response to this is we did everything you told us to do and it was working well. And then you scrapped it anyway. And for me, I, I've said this all along, when they canceled or there, were ta- there was talk of them postponing and Illinois was still practicing as all those discussions were happening, I thought was negligent. I-, I thought it was negligent to have that because one, you're increasing the possibility of spread, but two, what if somebody got hurt? 
What if an NFL prospect for Illinois had gotten injured in the lead up to that? I just that that was another huge problem. But let's get into Kevin Warren and his statement yesterday, which I don't think was very popular with his statement. But I printed it out and it's three pages, and there are more details here that I want to get into. But I think the biggest takeaway was he said the vote. He said there was a vote by the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors was overwhelmingly in support of postponing fall sports and will not be revisited. So I think, one, there was a vote, it seems like. They don't want it out there because they don't want, you know, it was 12 to 2 or it was 8 to 6 or whatever. Maybe some of those things leak out. I don't know if there was an actual formal vote, but they obviously went around the table and said, what do you think? And it's obvious that the consensus or the majority said, no, let's not play. There's too many unknowns here. But amid all these social media, whoever random guy says on social media these days, uh, it says we will not be revisiting uh, a fall season. So whatever report you see or whatever random guy says on Twitter, it is clear there's no fall sports season. I think he needed to say that yesterday, given all the noise that exists on social media. Well, yeah, and that noise was turning into a cacophony really quick. You know, it was getting real loud. You know, and I, I sent out like a, a subtweet at, you know, some of these people on Twitter who have been, you know, I, I feel bad for fans because fans want football to happen, you know, and some of them have been sold a false narrative of that, that Kevin Warren put down with this statement of, oh, the Big Ten's, you know, in inner turmoil at war with itself over this decision, uh, you know, it could get reversed as soon as whatever. Like there was all these crazy narratives being spun on Twitter. And it was like, well, you don't hear any of the people who have reported on any of the decisions that actually happened saying anything about this. Um, so I think that was telling, but it, it also was telling that Kevin Warren would have to say something like that, that, that there was room for all of that sentiment and that questioning to, to happen. I, I think it was good, of course, that he did say it won't be revisited from a clarity standpoint, but it also really shows how bad this rollout was. That's a great point. And how, you know, how, how unclear things were that they allowed this much speculation to go on. You know how hard it is to say, no, we will not be revisiting this decision. Well, it's not that hard. You know, of course it's not going to be met with positivity, but it's very simple to just say, no, this is our decision and we're, we're going to hold that. And when you have, Gavin, all of these people, Sandy Barber, the Penn State AD, not knowing if there was a vote, right? Or or James Franklin coming out. And I'm not blaming Penn State here because it seems like there are a lot of people confused about, well, Josh Whitman said, I, I was very disappointed in the timing of all of this. Why were they not more in the loop? That That speaks to Kevin Warren. And it's not just, you know, speaking with the presidents and chancellors. They seemed somewhat on the same page here. But your athletic directors and your coaches have to be in the loop here. And it just felt like they weren't. And it's a bad time. It's a bad time for everybody. But it's a bad time to have a green leader right now. And, um, you know, Jim Delaney, how much would have been different? I don't think the decision would have been different with Jim Delaney. I think he would have made the same decision. But... I think everybody would have been on the same page. Everybody would have been in the loop or, you know, there would have been consistent messaging. And you see that in the Pac-12 right now. And the Pac-12 hasn't been a model for that, but 
they released, they were transparent. They, they had the medical reports out there and the entire league seemed to be on the same page. You're not seeing the same issues in the Pac-12, even though they made the same decision as the Big Ten. That's, that's a failure of leadership and hopefully Kevin Warren learns from it. I do think that is definitely a failure of leadership. Um, I do want to say, though, that the situation is inherently a little different for the Big Ten and Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has a lot more like-minded institutions and fan base. You know, the Big Ten is a very uh, diverse geographical area. It's a very diverse political area, as well as a very diverse diverse area of just what sort of seriousness of COVID are they dealing with. and, you know, I, I, I definitely, like, don't want to make excuses for Kevin Warren because I, I don't buy them. But um, I, I think that clearly what would have been tell- – what was really telling was Sandy Barber saying, I don't know if there has been a vote. I mean, you're the AD who was supposed to be telling all these people uh, what the result of the vote was. And it's just like that's unfortunate for her um, – that she had to say that, of course, you know, you respect the honesty, but that's like really unfortunate because it seems like the ADs, like if you just compare uh, Penn State's AD to what Whitman said, like they've said, they said pretty different things. Yeah. Whitman alluded to the results of the vote and like he didn't say like it was 11 to 3 or 12 to 2 or whatever, but, you know, he seemed a little bit more on the, the same page or a little bit more informed of the decision and he was just kind of fielding questions that he shouldn't have had to answer and stand uh, stand in for. Um, but it, it's been just really, really confusing how this is all um, reverberated through the different athletic communities in the Big Ten. Yeah, and obviously it's, it's t- this is a tough situation for any leader, but uh, I think it, it showed just his – greenness uh to the job all right but he did lay out more specific reasons for people that didn't want to read them or didn't read them he did give out more specific reasons which should have came out a week ago right i I mean it's not as in-depth as some people want i know uh but these should have came out a week ago there was i think eight points he put out one transmission rates continue to rise in alarming late uh, rate with little indication from medical experts that our campuses, communities, or country could gain control of the spread of the virus prior to the start of competition. And I don't think we should gloss over that. The reason college football in, in the Big Ten is postponed is not because Kevin Warren wants it to. It's because our country has not handled this pandemic. I mean, just relatively to most of the Western countries, the rich countries in the world, we have not handled it well. And those are facts. Okay. So we, that is the number one reason. And I think it's a, a reasonable reason why they wouldn't play is because this is still, we're still in the first terrible wave of this. 170,000 plus people, according to medical experts, have died because of this virus here. Yeah. And that's, that's heavy, but it's the first point for a reason, you know, that he made. It's the biggest thing. Can't play football as the pandemic continues to worsen throughout the United States. Um, and, you know, others haven't said that, you know, the SEC is going forward with it, but I think that that is the biggest thing. And I, I don't think you can overlook that. And I think that people do continue to overlook that. And maybe it's because, you know, that it, it's been very politicized. It's a, it's a tough issue to talk about. There's a lot of different sources of information people are relying on, but plain and simple cases keep going up. People keep dying. You know, football is a sport and, you know, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot at stake. Um, but I think that the big 10, uh, makes it clear and, you know, 
minus the horrible rollout and everything, like, you know, they deserve criticism in many areas. I think that ultimately safety is, is the biggest thing here. And that's what their decision reflects. Well, and, and I go back to 1918. They, they played some games, but they didn't play very many of them. All right. Like even, even then they knew this was very difficult to do back in 1918 when the pandemic was going on. Um, another one, he says, many of our medical staffs did not think the interventions we had planned would be adequate to decrease the potential spread, even with regular testing. And then he goes to say, as the general student population comes back to campus, spread to student athletes could reintroduce infection into our athletics community. That's the biggest issue I, I always thought was there, Gavin, is if you have students on campus, you have 100 plus football players, 50 plus staff, whatever it is, that's going to be very, very difficult to handle. And I just think there was like at some point our, our students, as much as we can have a little bit of bubble, they're not in a bubble. That's what it is. They are not in a bubble and we can't have them in a bubble. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they brought up contract tra- or contact tracing as well. And the amount of players that would have to be consistently quarantined and, you know, released from quarantine back in practice and, oh, maybe they get exposed again. You know, if another player gets it, it's just like, you know, one player might get the virus, but you might have to quarantine um, every offensive and defensive lineman if one per one of those people has the virus. You know, it's like it, it, it became clear that they were going to have to be shutting down practices week in and week out, you know, somebody, somebody's going to have to shut down practice this week. Somebody's going to have to shut down practice next week. Like, and then it's like, well, and that's all assuming, you know, these cases are just, people are okay. You know, that's, that's assuming that these athletes aren't, you know, becoming super sick with this stuff too, which, you know, you would, con- I would definitely think that that's probably what would happen. You know, most guys would definitely be okay. There was the guy from Indiana who was pretty sick um, and then spoke a lot about how um, younger people could still get sick too. But, you know, you, you do think like really it's about we can't stop them from getting this. And it seems like it's going to become way harder for us to stop them from getting this. Right. As, as more students are on campus, and they have to yeah. intermingle with them. Right. Um, yep. You mentioned the myocarditis, Brady Feeney, the player. There's simply too much we do not know about the virus recovery from infection and the longer term effects. While the data on cardiomyopathy is preliminary and incomplete, the uncertain risk was unacceptable at this time. So obviously that, that myocarditis issue they're concerned about. They don't know everything about it. And some doctors and medical experts say, oh, that, that shouldn't be that big of a concern. This study's not enough to stop football or stop sports. While others say, yes, it is. Um, so that that's up for debate, but they simply don't know enough. Um, so they're taking the risk averse way there. And you said contact tracing. Um, I, I don't know if, if fans think about it enough or if they want to think about it enough or it's just like a big it's like a term that's like okay whatever move on um if one player plays in a game who ends up testing positive and say he's a defensive lineman anyone he comes into contact with and that's going to be dozens of players right think of a pile running backs in a pile or a yeah. quarterback he yeah. sacks whatever it is that person, according to most state guidelines, those people need to be quarantined for two weeks. Yep. How do you pull off a college football season if that's the case, right? I, I mean, yes, you can go to the second or third string, but Whitman was like, I don't even know. We don't know what the plan would be if our whole offensive line. So I think what the Big Ten is saying there is like, if these, if, if this is the way of contact tracing and we can't reasonably think we can pull off a season there's gonna be way too many disruptions and is it worth it all like is it worth doing all of this to have 
two games and then shut it down? The SEC, ACC, and, and Big 12 are saying yes. Uh, the Big Ten is just saying no. It's, it, it's, it's really probably unfeasible. Yeah, and I think contact tracing is uh, it's hard to understand until you're involved with it, um, which as a student returning to campus um, tomorrow, myself, um, I can go into a little bit of detail about what we're all going through because the student athletes are all going through this as well, um, which is we all have this app that we've had to download, um, Safe for Illinois, and basically this app will tell us if we've been exposed to someone who has tested positive, it will anonymously tell us. So like, for example, my journalism master's program is very small. So in theory, you think, okay, you know, maybe if the 12 or whatever students and the four or whatever professors all make good decisions, we all, you know, of course, we're all going to be getting tested at least twice a week and we all have to have our negative results um, to even go to class. Uh, we have to present our negative results to a person at the door of every building on campus and, and players will have to do this too. Um, so what could happen basically to me at any time is I get a message from this app that's saying, Oh, some, some professor that teaches one of my courses has tested positive. Boom. Basically that, that means the entire master's program is basically going to have to quarantine because there's only like 15 to 17 of us, including professors. So you apply that on a campus wide scale, you know, some of these football players, I mean, there's not going to be 200 person lectures, but, you know, and I don't know how many classes athletes have in person versus online. You would think that they tried to get them online where they could, but there's just a lot of in-person classes that are going to have these weird pauses as positive cases are identified. Um, and everybody has to quarantine and doing that on a, on a student and school wide scale is probably going to look pretty crazy. Um, and it's going to be a big mess. And then you apply that to how would we do that with all these athletes in here and then play a season? Oh, man. Yeah. And, and you're already seen it with North Carolina, right? Uh, as the North Carolina student paper said, it's a cluster. You know what? Like it is. It, it is. And, you know, the, the best thing would be if these campuses went to all online like North Carolina is. I think Notre Dame is doing the same thing. And then these athletes can live in their bubble. And, but then it's like, well, why are they on campus when normal students are not? And then you get into the huge issue of amateurism, right? Which is at the heart of all of this as well. Um, and obviously they're concerned about testing. Not so much at Illinois, but I think just having the same testing everywhere. Not every Big Ten school has the access to daily testing. Hopefully they will soon uh, with uh, Illinois' daily saliva testing kind of you know, getting the FDA approval here. But uh, th these are good points. Th these are huge concerns, but I feel like everyone just kind of made up their mind on Kevin Warren, or most people did, and just said, no, I'm not even going to go into these. But these are always have been huge concerns about playing an actual season and not just practicing. Yeah, the thing was it didn't have to be this way for Kevin Warren. You know, he could have put this out after they were getting grilled uh, for canceling the season, and it comes a week later. Um, so it's better late than never, but, you know, I totally get why people are, are really fed up with him already. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's tough because you're trying to follow up Jim Delaney, who's arguably one of the greatest commissioners in all time for sports in general, not just, you know, college sports, but all time, like he's really up there. Um, and you get the job and the first thing that happens is an unprecedented pandemic that, you know, once in a hundred years, once in a lifetime pandemic and boom, you gotta, you gotta get all these schools and institutions together.
unenviable that's for sure yeah definitely uh hopefully he learns from it um but yeah. hey they are moving forward and uh i, I gotta say this sounds like there's some optimism it seems like uh winter schedule is possible i mean we gotta see kevin warren's either gonna look like a genius or he's gonna look really bad if, if the other three power five conferences can pull off in the fall but um, they are trying probably a winter schedule. Sounds like more winter schedule than spring. Makes a lot of sense, Gavin, uh, where you can have not a lot of students on campus in January, um, maybe not until February on some college campuses here, but you can do them indoors at some of these you know, stadiums, whether it's Indianapolis, Detroit, Minnesota. They've talked about Syracuse, St. Louis as well, uh, and have some games there. I, I would say do some divisional games, do a divisional round robin, and then have an, a, a championship, and maybe you can add a non-conference. But I think it's feasible if, if they can make some advances to having everybody on the same protocol, everybody on the same guidelines. But it certainly matches up with the NFL calendar a, a lot more. Um, and, and maybe a later podcast, we can dive into all the potential issues yeah. eligibility wise. Um, but it, it does buy you more time to get on the same page if you do it in the winter. Well, I, I think that who was that that brought this up first? Was it James Franklin or was did he just get a lot of attention? For I think Ryan Day, Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom said about like he was talking about February and March, but Ryan Day was yeah. like, hey, with all my NFL prospects, we need to do it earlier. And I, I can tell you for Illinois players and Illinois parents like that, that is a concern where, hey, we want to be able to go to, to the combine. We want to be able to show ourselves to the NFL but also be ready for an NFL season. And if you lengthen out an off season, that just helps those guys a lot more. Absolutely. And I've kind of been joking to, to people, you know, Hey, maybe a spring season, you know, Ohio state loses 10 surefire NFL draftees. Maybe, you know, most of the Illini's talent sticks around and, and maybe they get a, a huge boost against the competition and being, you know, possibly at, at much more close to full strength than some of these powerhouses. Uh, but I think in general that, you know, a winter schedule, weather aside and, you know, the stage of the pandemic aside, I think it's a lot easier to do when you're not on these campuses with all these students. Um, and I know Illinois is basically sending everybody off campus before Thanksgiving, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a lot more leeway and it's just a lot more fair to guys who have to make NFL decisions. You know, uh, can the season be over by the combine? looks like maybe that could happen with this and that seems good and then you know as well you kind of that eases the concerns of playing two seasons in a calendar year as well which you know really of course that's a health thing as well but that also kind of plays into the whole amateurism fight too which is like how are we going to make these guys do this without paying these guys you know mm -hmm. these guys are putting themselves putting their bodies to the grinder twice it's a, it's a health and safety issue right which is guiding yeah. all these decisions right now i mean if they do a six or seven game schedule they'd probably have to cut to eight or ten in the fall right i, yeah. I mean it'd probably just be a conference only schedule um and, and they have to adjust that as well so it will be interesting to see there but i agree with you i, I think every you know talking with a scout this week I, I think all these illinois players need to play i, I you know if josh and wants to get ready for the combine, listen, maybe you can get to an all-star game, but I th I still think he's got more work to do to just get to an all-star game and to get to the combine. Um, all these guys need a little bit more film, I think, to impress NFL teams. So the first round guys, yeah, skip out, you're fine. Maybe even the second or third round guys, but I don't think any of the Illinois guys are there yet. So I, I think they all need to play. And as you said, Gavin, 
I don't know how we'd look back at a spring season um, if we'd look back at it the same way we would a normal fall. But I think Illinois, most of their team would come back and play. Um, and, and I think a lot of these seniors, you know, even more so in the NFL, there's some of those guys who just want to play and kind of see this process through, and they think they can be pretty good. Oh, absolutely. And I definitely think Illinois could be pretty good as well. Um, you know, and, and he's not a senior, but one of the players I talked to who, who was really open about what he's facing and what's going into his decisions is Kendrick, Kendrick Green, who has another year. So he's not like even toward Bebe and, and Jake Hansen and, and Brandon Peters and some of these guys. But he was real open with the fact that he wants more film for NFL scouts to be able to look at him. And he was banking on that being the fall. He even said, you know, in an ideal world, you know, gets his degree in December and and maybe is out of here and uh, up in an NFL camper if, if he's able to get drafted and everything. Um, and that opportunity is something that, you know, Green might not be the best example, although he was open enough to talk about it. So that's why I brought it up. But that is something all these guys are facing. And as you said, you know, basically everyone at Illinois who's an NFL draft prospect is not at that point where they're surefire 100% going. Uh, they need to impress more. And in the Bay Bays of the world, you know, you think they're the ones who are really in position to shine in, in the Brandon Peterses of the world. So it really is disappointing for them. But this, the, this idea of a winter season that starts up again earlier seems like it could be a real win for them and a real way for these players to get what they deserve. Well, and some of these guys could play in the spring and in the fall. Because the NCAA yeah. seems to be giving blanket eligibility, which uh, is going to yeah. have ramifications for future classes. But some of these guys might have sixth or maybe even seventh years if they had some injuries. So that'll be uh, interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, basketball as well, Gavin. I think basketball, you mentioned that window in December when, when students are off campus. I, I think that's where they got to make their hay. But the Big Ten, the NCAA have to have learned from all of this right and figure out how are we going to do this i think basketball is more manageable fewer players uh the schedule i think lines up i don't i think the non-conference schedule they have planned is going to be thrown out the window um but i wrote a little bit today that there there could be little bubbles in in december and january where you get games in and and what could the big 10 do they got to figure that out now uh but man tom Izzo, brad underwood all these other big 10 coaches sound pretty confident they can pull it off but that means they got to get these decisions made and these plans done now well it can't be what we saw this summer jeremy yeah you know it can't be crossing your fingers and and you know having these discussions but not really rolling anything official out and hoping things get better because as we learned you know things might not get that much better you know you hope they do but they might not absolutely you definitely feel optimism for basketball you know it's just logistically a lot better we know so much more now um and you have these testing systems illinois is basically ready to go but uh now you have the model for all these other schools to follow and there's no reason why um, you know, this can't be implemented everywhere. Yeah, and you've seen some examples about MLB had its struggles, but seems to be bouncing back. How does college football learn from that? How does college basketball? Because they're not in bubbles. But we've also seen these bubbles be very successful in the yeah. NBA, WNBA, uh, soccer leagues, uh, and, and obviously with the NHL as well. Well, Gavin, good. There's always a lot to, to break down, a lot of words written this week, but uh, I think we're closer to knowing what we're going to look like. It's not going to be the fall. There's not going to be fall football, but, man, hopefully we can figure this out, learn from it, whether it's Kevin Warren, whether it's Illinois, whether it's you know our country, learn from what we've learned the last couple of months and, and find a way to get sports back in our lives this winter. 
Absolutely. Prayers up for that. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta believe in this, in these times, people, you know, we gotta, we gotta stay together and, and hope that we can beat this virus off enough so we can have our sports back, you know, just, just gotta keep some hope. Don't lose hope, everybody. Inspiring words. Gavin Good. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Good talking to you as always. Gavin Good. Ending with a little positivity. I like that. We're going to need that moving forward because we won't have sports for a while. But that doesn't mean we won't have content at Illini Inquirer. We've been busy this week. A lot of football, a lot of basketball stuff, still stuff going on. And I know Derek Piper's going to have more basketball content for you this week, including some recruiting nuggets. He had one, uh, a pretty big nugget the other day uh, about a top Illinois target who is newly available back on the market Uh, so you can check that out on the VIP board and also kind of breaking down a a lot of your questions that you have been going through mailbag questions one by one trying to give you in-depth insight into some of those so uh, keep posting those on the premium board as well appreciate that if you're not a VIP member sign up now you get 50% off your first year of annual access to VIP access to Illini Inquirer that's more than $50 of savings and we'll make it worth it for you. Believe me. Ask one of our VIP members, one of your friends. I think most of them will tell you it is definitely worth the price. And we love to interact with you. And that we want to make the experience as good as possible. So give us a try. Sign up now. 50% off. More than $50 of savings uh, for your first year. As always, appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. We'll chat to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.